How's everyone doing this morning? Doing good? This is like officially Thanksgiving week. A week that our nation celebrates, a time of Thanksgiving. That we gather together with families and friends. That we celebrate God's goodness and grace, I hope and pray. And that cannot be Aurora because Aurora does nothing but celebrate. What Aurora, usually when I get up to preach, she's yelling and screaming and she's cheering me on. <laughs> she's getting older. So this morning we're going to talk about something that has to do close to my heart. And that is a, a season of Thanksgiving. Something that God's put within us. Created in his image to speak back to him, to express to him his glory. And sometimes that's hard to grab, I, I think. I mean, I really do. I don't know that we, we always stop and think about that. Um, I don't know that we wake up every morning and just really thank God for the day. I know there's seasons of times we do that and things like that. But we just went through a whole series in James where we were looking at how God would help us and get us through trials and temptations and these things that come into our life. And I do want to, for the sake of this morning, the anyone listening on the web, and for anyone that has not went through that series with us in James, I'm going to read through a summation of it. Because today won't make a whole lot of sense unless you have a little bit of background on where I felt God has led me this morning to teach in his, his word. So I'm going to read this, and I'm going to read it a little slow. Again, it's mainly for those that do not have a screen, like on the web. You guys can see the words at the same time, but those listening on the web can't. So I'm going to read it, and I'm going to read it a little slow. But let it, let it sink in. Let's grab this this morning. Amen? God allows trials and temptations into our life to create opportunities for us to grow in our faith and to learn to trust Him. It is during these times of struggles that God is working out of us the things that try to steal his glory in us and the fullness of life he has set before us. As we persevere by faith, we spiritually mature in the knowledge and wisdom given to us by God, making us more Christ-like. God wants us to grow up and get past the sins in our life that so easily entangle us. It's his desire when trials and temptations come our way, that we will be made mature in our faith and stop reacting to situations in our flesh, but learn to respond to situations in ways that will glorify God. Pride and selfishness are the greatest hindrances to getting victory in our trials and temptations. We start to speak things that just make matters worse, and we usually get to the point where it is hard to hear from God through our hurt, anger, fear, and emotions. God tells us to draw near to him, and he will draw near to us. We need to remove the idols and distractions in our life that stop us from drawing near to God and replace them with God's word. As we fill ourselves with God's word, pray, trust, and obey, we will remove the strongholds that are keeping us from having a thankful heart. Our life will dramatically change, and we will find ourselves being content in Christ, no matter what happens in life. And Father God, we do thank you for this morning, a time you've given us to gather together, to be in your house with your people. Father, just to be 
in your word. Your love abounds, your grace and mercy endure forever and ever and ever. And I pray and I claim in the name of Jesus that as we look at our hearts today, reveal to us, seek us, search us, allow us to see those things that are in us that stop us from loving you more, growing closer to you, and loving others like you love them. May it be said of us that we would have not just a week of Thanksgiving, a day of Thanksgiving, but a season of Thanksgiving as long as we live on this earth. May we be thankful to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk to you this morning about the power of Thanksgiving. And, you know, I, I realize that in a lot of the cases or a lot of times um, we have things to be thankful for. And I realize, I mean, I'm, I'm just like everyone else. You know, if I receive something or if I'm around family or I'm thankful that we're gathering or whatever the case may be, um, you know, something that's different that's happening that fills my heart and gives me joy or I like to be close to, again, my family or whatever the case may be, I have a thankful heart. You, you know what I mean? You know, like, uh, who here, when you gather around a dinner table this Thanksgiving, you're going to have a thankful heart, if you will. I don't know how else to say that. You, you know what I mean? Because usually family's around or, or you're with family of some sort, you know, or with friends. And, and your heart just has this joy. It's, it's kind of like when I got my first car. My grandparents got me a first car. I was very thankful. I was 16 years old. It was a 1959 Cadillac four-door. It was awesome. And I just went, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Just seeing if you're listening. But you know what I mean? Things in life, events in life, uh, they happen. I, I mean, I, for every one of us, even though there's seasons where not so good things happen, but we all have a season or a moment in time where our hearts are thankful. Um, the day I said I do, my heart was thankful. And the day Trish said she would, my heart was thankful. <laughs> Will you marry me? Uh, please, please, please. Well, actually, when I asked you to marry me, you, you looked at me and you said, of course, there is no other guy but you. It was something like that, right? Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> That's the way I remember it, I'm just saying. But I, I was very, very thankful. And, you know, I, I want us to look at something a little bit, I think, differently this morning. Um, I don't think it. I know it. Because I want us to look at what Thanksgiving really is and how that comes about in one's heart. It's not, not so much an act of, of um, being thankful or, 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 or reacting to a scenario, but, but something that God has placed into our heart and, and really is taught and it grows. And I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting as, as you look at the Word of God, which we're going to do this morning. But there's power in being thankful. And I don't mean like, uh, you know, uh, if you will, um, that we need to be thankful so we get stuff. Oh, I got power if I'm thankful. Um, although it does good sometimes to say thank you, and right? But it's not that kind of power. It's a supernatural power that only God can give. When he gives a heart within us that we become thankful. We're not automatically thankful. Come on, when you get right down to it. We can usually be very critical and judgmental. We looked back at, at James, and James has has really spoken into our lives to say, you know, when these trials and temptations come, watch out because in order to get through them, you got to watch out for your own partiality, remember? And you got to be careful because you become critical and judgmental. And why? Because we have a selfish sin nature and that's just the kind of the way it is, you know? So we are automatically thankful. So we're going to look this morning 
first started off with First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. It says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for who? For me? For, for all of us, right? Now, is it, you know, this one scripture, I, I almost, I almost praying through this, was going to share this one scripture, pray, have communion, and go. Because this sums up a lot of what's going on. When, you know, the, when the Bible tells us, when God tells us, rejoice always. Who here always rejoices in everything? Okay. By the way, on the web, uh, I saw one ha- hand halfway go up. The other ones are just staring at me. Okay. Who here prays without ceasing? Okay. Who here gives thanks in everything? Okay. This, what he's saying, is not out of touch for those that believe and have put their trust in in Christ, that believe that God is the creator of the universe and that he is in control of everything, no matter how hard or how good that may seem. So when Thessalonians, when, when he comes in and he says, you know, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It's, it's not that it is not obtainable. It is obtainable to do this with the empowerment of God in our heart. So here we go. First thing I want to point out is the power of thanksgiving is eternal, not external. And that's not a typo. You know, you could put the, the power of thanksgiving is internal, not external. But it's more than that. The power of thanksgiving, that which God puts in our heart, is eternal. I mean, it, it, God, God always was, is, and always will be. There's always been an eternity. Sometimes we, we say pray, ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Or we say repent of your sins, put your trust in Christ as your Savior, and then you receive eternal life. No, you've always had eternal life. Everyone in this room has eternal life. It's, you know, a prayer to Christ or a repentance before God doesn't just automatically give you some kind of a new godly eternal life. No, because there's always been eternal life set before us. And it's the eternal life that, and and this will make sense in a minute. I I see some going, okay, what are you talking about, Pastor Tony? We're going to share some scripture that will help us understand what I'm saying. But the bottom line is this, it's eternal. The thanks, the thanksgiving within my heart, watch. The thanksgiving that's within my heart that God has placed there is forever. It goes on beyond me. It goes on to the generations of our daughters and, my da- and our daughter's children and their children's children. Now, that, seems, that might seem odd, but I'm telling you it's true. I mean, if our words, the Bible says, as we looked at James, right, our words that are spoken justify our very life, which they do. The thanksgiving that God puts in our heart and is expressed because it's his love being expressed is forever. That's crazy. A a, a heart of thanksgiving two generations ago from anyone in my family could now be affecting my life today, now be affecting Eleanor and Heather's life today, and Duncan's and Gage's life today. That spirit of thanksgiving, that's just like, what? Let's look into this just a little bit. So the first thing I want us to learn, really just three things this morning, is thanksgiving is learned. 
We have confidence in our relationship with God, Jesus, and salvation. Philippians 4.11 says, Paul said, I have learned to be content in all things. So the first thing about having a thankful heart, we have to understand that a thankful heart is, number one, learned, believe it or not. It's something that is taught by God because naturally we do not have a thankful heart. And again, I realize we're thankful for some things. And, you know, like I say, I'm telling you, I was thankful for that car. I was 16 years old and my grandma and grandpa gave me a car. Right? Said, here you go. I was thankful. I can't remember how long, five, ten minutes, whatever. And then I hopped in that thing and, okay, we're talking here. When we have a confidence in our salvation, we have, and it's okay to have a confidence. Uh, Hebrews ten nineteen through 25 says, therefore, brethren, having the boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. So we can have a boldness to enter his throne. We can have a confidence in our salvation, not because of anything we've done, but because what Christ has done for us. We can have a confidence. And if we don't have that confidence, we probably are in trouble anyway. Because we'll be wishy-washy in our faith. You know, God's creator, yeah. Uh, Jesus is Savior, yeah. But you know what? Um, is he really creator? And am I really going to give my life to, to Jesus? And yes, I did, but I still want to live in the world. Well, if I don't have confidence that Christ died for me, and when I repented and put my trust in him as my Savior, if I don't have that confidence, then my heart is not going to be right with him. I'm gonna, it's going to be d- divided between the world and him. You get what I'm saying? So, so I have to be careful because is my thanksgiving coming from the world and the things it gives me and provides for me or from him? A heart that said, God, creator God, became flesh and Christ dwelt among us that he might show us the love of God. And we have a confidence in that. It's learned. And the more confidence we have in salvation, now watch, the more confidence we have in our salvation and in who God is, the more content we'll be. So content meter, how content are we? Where are we at? And I know it changes, but I just like, it's just a way. Just think about it a second. How content right now in life are you? You know, one, you're not very content at all. A ten or maybe a nine and a half, you, you know? But it's learned, and, and, and we grow in our relationship with God. And as we grow, and the more content we are, the more confident we are, the more we allow His love to grow in us. Got it? Okay. And Thanksgiving grows, as I just mentioned, in us as we grow in our relationship with God. God lo- God's love encourages us and fills us with His Spirit. Second Peter 1.3 says, As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness... Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Again, it's not, it's not about us. You know, I'm telling you, in and of ourselves, we, we really don't have a thankful heart. Unless God puts it there, we're more thankful for emotions and things rather than, than God himself and our relationship. And right here, as we look at Second Peter 1.3, I mean, and that's what he's spelling out. It's by his divine power that he has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him, through the knowledge of him, through his word, through the spirit that, that gives us the revelation and the truth of his word. It's because I'm in the word. It's because I am praying. It's because I'm seeking. It's because I am walking. It's because I am gauging God that my heart becomes thankful because of him in me. Because of him in me. 
and I become content. And I grow in that love, a love that just is uncomprehendable. The, 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 the smallest thing I can grab, and I don't mean that even in a, in a, in a bad way, I don't know. It's like this. Trisha and I were married 14 years before I was saved. And I can tell you without a doubt, I loved her very much. I was very thankful for her, not to God. I mean, I never went to church in my life. Most of you know my story. So when I was married, never been to church in my life, I was just thankful for her and the companionship and the love and, the, and us being married. And, and so it was, it was crazy. But now even though I was thankful for her, I worked seven days a week. I had my own business, and we hardly saw each other. Even though the person I wanted to be with the most is sitting right there. And then that day I repented and I believed that the Spirit of God revealed the Word of God to me. And His love just planted a seed right there. What Christ did for me right there. Just a little seed, but it changed my life for eternity. And then all of a sudden, the love that I thought and knew that I had for Trish was different. I can't explain it. Maybe some, or I know some of you understand what I'm saying. But all of a sudden now, I'm seeing Trish through the eyes of Christ. And I'm seeing Trish through that seed of love that's planted in me. And at the time, Trish was not a believer. And, and so it was even foreign to her. I mean, we would have arguments and disagreements, and mainly Trish, really not me. No, no, I mean that. You laugh. I'm, Trish, is that not true? Because, because Trish, Trish all of a sudden saw a heart change in me. The, the way I talked to her, the way I approached her, and, and a day, and then a week, and then a month, and then a month, and all of a sudden she's looking at me and she's going, who are you? And at that time, Trish thought she prayed and asked Christ to be her Savior. She prayed this prayer. Um, it's okay. I love, I love people that lead people through tracks. It's kind of like the, 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 you know, you read uh, the gospel. I mean, it's okay to, to do that. I mean, as far, as far as scripturally, I don't mean just look at a piece of paper, read that and pray you'll be saved. But I mean, scripturally, it's okay. So a pastor led her scripturally uh, through the plan of salvation, all of sin, the wages of sin is death. And Jesus Christ died to pay the penalty for her sin that she might be saved. And she'll put her trust in him. Do you want to do that, Trish? And she looked at me and she said, I want what he has. I'm not doing this to build me up. Just hear me out. Because the love that God put in me, not me. She wanted what I had, which was Christ. You, under, you, under, you get that? And, 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 and now all of a sudden, the more she said that and the more she looked at me in that way, I just realized, oh my gosh, I thought it was like my responsibility to save her at that point. And I was so wrong. But it was different. She saw the love of Christ in me. I never looked at her the same after that day. And the day she was saved, vice versa. We thought we knew what love was. I mean, she was and still is a fox. I mean, just to, I mean, I don't know how, I just want to express, right? So I was very thankful and go, wow, man, this, like, you're, you're awesome. And you're going to marry me and, like, we're going to live our life together. And I'm like, this is awesome. Then all of a sudden, things started to change as God put different perspectives in my heart about being with my family and and walking with them in different ways. And girls were a little older, but they caught on. They, they saw the love of Christ. Praise God. They were still young when their daddy and mom were saved. 
Thanksgiving is God's will spoken through us. The love of God that is cultivated in us expresses the love of God to others through us. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Ephesians 5.17. You know, as you look at Ephesians, I I wasn't going to go there. I want to go there just real quick. I want to... uh, I want to I just break that down just a little bit more. He says this. He says um, there at verse 17. This is 517 for, for those that are going to look up or look it up later. See then that you walk circumspectively, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. But understand what the will of the Lord is. Do you see a parallel here? Who sees it? Who sees it? Okay, I, I got to show you. Look. What does it say? Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. God's will is that we pray without ceasing, or we rejoice always, we pray without ceasing, and that we give thanks in everything, for this is what he has deposited in anyone who believes. That is within us through him. Now listen to me. Listen to him. That is what is within us when I put my trust in Christ as my Savior. This was deposited within me. Ephesians, going back to Ephesians, when he says, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And here he goes. He says, And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, and giving thanks always for all things to God. So what's he saying? Look, he's saying three things right here. Number one, this is the will of God. Now he says to understand what that means. What does this mean? He goes, well, understand this is what it means. Back to Ephesians. He says this. But be filled with the Spirit, not with things of the world, not with things that are physical, not, but be filled with the Spirit. How are you filled with the Spirit? By being in His Word, by allowing the Spirit of God to give the revelation of the truth of God to you. Now watch this, but, but in this context of God's will, watch, watch. How are you in the Spirit? How do you allow the Spirit of God to fill you? Here's how. Here's how. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks. Speaking to one another, we encourage one another. We speak to one another. When God is working in our life, when we're allowing him to, what do we do? I share that with you. And I share uh, hymns and songs and spiritual songs. And, and, and then he says, watch this. And then he goes on, he says, singing and making melody in your heart. Making melody in your heart, not, not those you're speaking with. But, but he says, first speak to others. Share the love of God that he's put in you. Express it. But then he says, then make melody within your own heart. What does that mean? It means engaging what God is doing in your life. What he has deposited in you and his very salvation and what he gives you in his word and the love that he has planted in your heart, make melody in your heart. You stop and you say, wow, thank you. Thank you, God, for loving me, for saving me. 
And then it says, giving thanks always to God. I can't say I'm perfected in, in this. I mean, I mean, I try. You know, it's easier to give thanks to God here. You know, I'm, right? When you're in church, it's easy to thank, thank God. Sometimes it's not so easy to thank God in what we call the real world. But the more the love of God is within us and the more we engage him and the more we allow him to go before us and we really believe he is who he says he is, that love swells up and we're filled with his spirit. And all of a sudden it just overflows. What overflows? His love in us that we engage. And when we're in the world, we have, a, we have this, this interaction with people that we want to share his love. I want to I be careful here. Something just came to my mind that I want to speak and don't misunderstand it. Maybe pray about it. I, I, I don't know. But a lot of times people will say that I'm a born-again believer, but Pastor Tony didn't understand. I, I, just, I just can't share his love. I mean, you know, I'm an introvert, and, and I can't share his love, and, and, and I don't know how to share the gospel, and I don't. But, but, that's, but that's not the God I know. The God I know that fills me with his love, if I'm engaging him and growing in my relationship, that God that I know fills me. And before you know it, the overflow of his love is going before me. It's, it's not even really me. I don't know if that's to sound strange. Okay, you, you, okay, it's like this. I to, already told you that I fell in love. Uh, that's what you do, I think. I fell in love with Trish. And the more I got to know her, the more in love I became. Right? Right? So the more in love I became, all of a sudden, I didn't tell her. I didn't want her to know. And I didn't, right? No! (laughs) What? I started to express that love. Right? So if we can do that as humans in the physical form, what more in our spiritual awakening with God, for lack of a better way to say it. Meaning the more I grow closer to God and the more my relationship grows with Him, you know, how do you not express that? You're going to, and you're going to express it in, a, in just a, a, with a thankful heart and with a rejoice. God, you know what? You've given me life. You've given me salvation. This world's going to throw stuff at me. That's what James was preparing us to say. Trials and tribulations will come. They'll come to everyone. It's how we respond to them and don't react to them because God is good and he is within you and he goes before you and he has control. He does, he does, he does, but he wants to work these things out in you. You know what he wants to do? He wants to take that selfish nature and that sin nature and he wants to pull it out of us. He just wants to bring it out of us and he wants to put within us his love. He wants to replace that selfishness with a love that surpasses all understanding that we will never comprehend in and of ourselves. And when our love, that kind of love starts to indwell with us, how do you not express that in thanksgiving to God? I, I don't know. How do you not? You, you have to. It just, it just, it's because it's him. It's not, it's not us. It's not me. Some of you, you need to come about, ah, shoot. Yeah, I guess I'll say it. I'm sorry. I, was gonna say, I, I, I don't want you to think I'm pointing to me, but I, I want to give an example. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. You want, you want, a, you want just some kind of, you want to see who your pastor really, really is, for lack of a better way to say it. Come here about 6.30 in the morning. You laugh. I know. No. <laughs> because I am, not, I am not ready to preach. There's no way I could leave home 
at a half hour before I preach and just walk in and go, oh, I'm ready. Hey, hey, people. It takes me two, three, four hours just to prepare my heart. But I love it because when you all aren't here, now don't get any ideas, but when you all are not here, I'm telling you, man, Pastor Rowley, no, I crank up the old music and I just, I'm, I'm all over this sanctuary. And I'm praying over every seat and I'm just lifting my hand and praise to God. And I just go, you know, God, you are so good. You are glorious. You are king. You are, you are, you are the one that put within my heart that seed that says, it's all okay. And to give thanks. You see, it is learned. It is something about relationship. It doesn't just happen. It's not a light switch. It's not walking through a door. You understand? It doesn't just happen. I mean, some might say, well, I don't know that I want that kind of relationship. You're saying I'm going to start running around and praising God. I might be in Walmart. You know, go, hey, please, Jesus. I know. I, I, I do that. I remember when I first was saved, uh, now don't do this, but I'm serious. I, I'd be listening to worship music, and next thing you know, my hands are off the steering wheel. I'm going, oh, man, I grabbed that thing. So I had to also learn how to, how to interact and respond in the physical and spiritual world because, you know, you let go. Of that. I said, Jesus, take the wheel. It doesn't work there. It just doesn't, doesn't work. This right here, Romans 10, 9 and 10, is a scripture that I speak about a lot because it's close to my heart. But this is going to sum up this morning as it has to do with a heart of thanksgiving. And here's what it says. Romans 10, 9 says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, in your heart, you see why we can't do this in and of ourselves? You see why a heart of thanksgiving, a true heart of thanksgiving that empowers our life, to live in Christ, that he will walk before us. We will be filled with the spirit and the word and a relationship and a love that overflows that people can see. But it don't ever make it about you, side note. But they will. They'll just look at you and say, there is what's different. What's going on in your heart? And Romans tells us very clearly that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But see, it has to be a belief that's given from God. Do you believe that God is who he said he is? Do you believe that God really became flesh and dwelled among us? Do you believe that Jesus Christ really was crucified on the cross for our sins? Because that is craziness. I remember when I heard the gospel for the first time, it sounded like um, wacko. It sounded foolish. But, but it did. I, I, I'm just being transparent. But at the same time, my, my sin nature, I know now, and my selfishness was trying to fight the truth. Why? Because no matter how things were, no matter how bad things were, I still wanted control over my own life. 
Well, see, he continues in Romans 10. He says this, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So watch. So, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness. So, as I prayed, and I engaged God, His Word, and the Spirit that revealed to me the truth, I was a sinner separated from Him. And it was through Christ's Son that paid the penalty for my sin. Even though I didn't understand it, I knew in my heart that it was true. That it was true. And I had a choice to make. In my heart. In my heart. In my sin-fallen, selfish heart. And it wasn't until God took that seed, that love, that faith, and he put it right in the middle of my heart. And he said, do you believe? Do you receive? And I said, yeah. And it's like he just went like this and left it. And he just left it. And I knew it. I believed in my heart. I got to tell you, confession came immediately. Meaning I professed Christ instantly. When I, after I, I prayed with the pastor, I was, I was already saved before he prayed with me. I, you know, that's okay. But it was reaffirming that he prayed with me that day, that morning. But I didn't get two feet out of that sanctuary saying, God, God done something to my heart. I didn't. And every opportunity I had, I, man, I... I I don't know if it's right or wrong, but I'm telling you, I, I all the time was going through Walmart. I didn't care where I was. It was every day, every moment I could. I just want to know I'm praising Jesus this morning. He saved me. It's crazy. How, do you, how does that happen? It's a thanksgiving given by him. Let's be thankful. Of course, this is, this is a time, of a week, even a day that we put aside as a nation. I think, that's, I think that's okay to make us aware and keep us aware. And, you know, it's a time when uh, you get off work. And, you know, it's okay. It's all good. But when you're confronted with that family member, or maybe you're that family member, I don't know. Let's talk if later that gets a little obnoxious or a little forward. Or, or the one you only see once a year and it says, hey, do you remember when you did this to me? That we just take a deep breath and we're thankful. And for, we're thankful for the thanksgivings of the past. And maybe loved ones are not here any longer. Oh, my goodness. You know, and sometimes seasons like Thanksgiving and Christmas comes along. And next thing you know, we have a sad heart, not a happy heart. But God tells us to rejoice in the times he has given us. And to be thankful, to pray be thankful that we can share the love he's put within us with others. Even maybe some that are gone, but there are others. There are others here right around us. There's plenty of people that need God's love. I don't say that nonchalantly. There's people right now in this community that are desperate for God's love. They're desperate. And if his love is in us, we can share that love. If you're here this morning... And you say, Pastor Tony, I know I'm a sinner separated from God. I know that, that God has put into my heart the reality of he's, he's creator, he's God, and that he sent his son to pay the penalty for me. And even though I don't understand it all, 
This morning, I recognize that it is true because he's telling my heart it's true. Maybe today's the day of your salvation. Maybe today's the day that God will take that seed, that seed of love that only he can give and, and just put it right in the middle of your heart. And his hand, I, I, this is me, but it's like his hand just held there for a second with me. He said, now that I've shown you I'm real, now that I've shown you my son paid the t- penalty for your sin, now that I've put this faith and this love right in the center of your heart, will you trust my son? Do you believe? Will you believe? And the moment I said yes, it's like he left it there. I don't know what happens if people say no. I guess they do. I guess God can reveal his love and our need for a Savior. And I guess we could say no. I don't don't know because I said yes. So, So I don't know. But if God is speaking to your heart this morning, that today is the day of your salvation right now. Repent before him. You know what I mean. Right now, bow your heart before him and just repent. And I'm not going to tell you what to say. I don't have to. No one had to tell me what to say. It's that, God, I, I am so sorry. The reality of your holiness you just placed in my heart, and I know that I'm a sinner separated from you. And right now, from your heart to his, receive the salvation only he can give. Put your trust in him. It is your free will at that point. It's not your free will to have faith. It's not your faith. It's not your free will to say, well, I know who God is. Because if you, if you know who God is, but you're not saved, the God you know is in your head, not your heart. And so this morning, I, I'm serious. Hear this out. <laughs> Even if, even if you say, well, I've been going to church all my life, and, you know, Pastor Tony, I, what will people say? You know, they, I've already told them I'm going to save, and I've come to a realization to, this morning, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I haven't been saved. I don't speak these things to make anyone doubt their salvation, period, because, because again, I can't save you. I can't make you doubt something you already know, by the way, either. Allow the Spirit of God and the Word of God to dwell richly in your hearts to reveal to you the truth, not of condemnation, but of love. Receive that love. Receive it and believe it to be true. And live your life, our lives. May we ever be so remindful, encouraging one another, spurring one another on, right? Because I'm telling you, that's that's what church is. I can't do this alone. God knew that. He put us together in a body. We can't do it alone. We only can do it with the help of one another. If I can uh, have the ushers come forward, or the deacons, ushers. We're going to receive communion. And the one thing the Bible tells us well, a lot of things actually, but as we receive communion, it's directly related to that place where I've been talking all morning that we have put our trust in Christ as our Savior and that we we believe 
that we believe. We confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. And so Jesus, the last time he was together with all of his disciples, got together like this, I mean, if you will, just before he would be crucified. And he sat down and he had this this meal with them. Now, now, now don't misunderstand me. I mean, because I'm going to say something, but but don't hear me wrong. But it, but it was just a meal to the disciples. Did do, do, do you know what I'm saying? It was just a meal. It was just a moment, like other moments they had with Christ. Right? They ate together all the time. We gathered together all the time. So so as we look at taking communion, though. The word tells us, and Jesus' own word, words was speaking to his disciples that something was different. So as we look at receiving communion this morning, something is different. We're reminded what Christ has done for us. And maybe this morning you put your trust in Christ and just you couldn't put your hand up for whatever reason. I understand. But if you receive Christ as your Savior this morning, receive this communion because it's doing it in remembrance of what he's done for you, your very salvation. So receive it. If you're in this room this morning, and uh, I don't see many children. I don't see any children, so we're probably good there. But, but you know in your heart of hearts that you, that you have not uh, repented of your sin. You have not come to that place where you know that, that God has put within you that, that, that seed I'm talking about of faith, and you put your trust in Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. It's okay not to receive this communion. It, I, I'm serious. I, I don't know how do you how do you do this. I mean, can you imagine getting a bunch of kids around and you're having a birthday cake and and you set ice cream out and you tell you tell any child you go you know what well you know what if you really weren't good or you really felt bad or you really don't believe that your friend is having a birthday well don't eat the cake. But it's okay if you don't receive communion is what I'm getting at. If, you, if you're not a believer, if you don't understand the, the totality of it, just they can, when the, when the plate comes around, you can just let it go by. It's okay. People will not look at you weird. I promise. But we're going to pray, and the best you can, the best I can, let's put these things before the Lord, these sins that so easily entangle us. Father God, we do come before you. We humble our heart the best we can, and we receive the love which you have given through your Son, Christ. And Father, may it be so, may it be said, and may it be right now in the name of Jesus that we would put aside, put down those things that are trying to be a stronghold in our life, God, that we're putting before you. But I know it's only through the love that you put within us we can do these things. Fill me, fill us with your spirit and your word and your love. May we overflow to the point that these things in life that are holding us bondage, that are strongholds, that are trying to get us down, trying to distract us from you. Lord, this morning we give them to you. We lay them at the altar. We lay them at your feet. May it be so, may it be so. And we receive this communion because we do remember within our heart of hearts, what you've done for us. You gave your very life that we might live. There is nothing that comes against us in this life that is more than that. There is nothing that can hurt us as much as you've been hurt. 
May we be reminded of that for your namesake, in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so here Jesus was, and he had his disciples before him. And still at this time, they kind of really didn't understand. They couldn't have. And there's scripture that tells us they didn't really understand the, the totality of what was going on. But this is where we're different because we do. If you're a believer in this room, but we do understand. We know exactly what, what went on now as we look back at that day. And as the word expresses to us and shows us that last supper, if you will, that Jesus spent with his disciples. You're a disciple in this room as we receive communion, as we take the bread. We do this in remembrance of him. We do this remembering that his body was broken. And as you receive the cup, we're going to partake together. So we'll wait till everyone is served. God is good. I expect that when we leave here, that all the way, thank you, sir, that from I, four, no, 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 from four quarters to I think we have someone the other side of Haines City, Dundee, that we're going to leave this place with a joyful heart. And we're going to leave this place, and the first person we see express that love that God gave us. And be prepared. Because God goes before us. Can you imagine telling someone God loves them and they break down before you? Or they ask you, how do you know? You need to say, I know. The Bible says, Jesus said, that we're to take the bread Childproof. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> thank, thank you, John. Thank you. <laughs> I got brand new glasses. The progressives. I'm used to bifocals. You all are like this right now. I'm going. To take and eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. You know, Lord, I, I, I do take this time very seriously. But I know how you made me, and I know, how, I know what your word says, that laughter is like medicine to the soul. And even during the most serious time, we do not laugh. But we're thankful. And that stirs up within our heart a laughter. It stirs up within our heart. A voice that says, thank you. And they took the bread and they ate it and remembered to him.
he continues to say, in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And literally, he passed this cup. And he says, my blood is shed for you. And again, at that moment, they, they, they didn't know. The disciples didn't understand exactly what was going to happen. Think about that. We do not know what the future holds. We do not know. That's why God says, give it to him. Give today to him. Give our futures to him. Remember that Jesus Christ conquered death. There is nothing more we need to know. For if he can conquer death, he can conquer anything that comes our way. Amen? The Bible says, took the cup and they partake. Father God, we thank you again. Lord, help us, grow us, teach us. May we learn, may we receive your word. May we express your love. May we have a heart of true thanksgiving. The one only you can give. Only you can put, only you can fill. May it overflow today in the name of Jesus and go before us. May salvation come to your house today. May salvation come to those family members that need you as we gather around tables on Thursday or whenever it is. Strengthen us to be a witness unto your goodness and grace. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to receive our offering now. If our ushers would come forward. God is so good. Andy, will you pray for our offering this morning, please? Amen. Is there someone? Could you guys hear that over my microphone? Okay, good. Now, the invitation I talked about earlier at 6.30 was for real. If you're all invited.
you have uh, our announcements in your worship guide. I realize not everyone has a worship guide, so real, real quick, youth won't be meeting after church today, and I, I'm just a transparent person. I'm going to tell you why. Yesterday with these glasses, anyone ever get new glasses, they make you, like, sick? Like, want to, okay. I felt so lousy yesterday, I, I just, I just didn't think I could push through um, being with the youth today, uh, not because of them, but because of me. So I, I, I'm going to go ahead and cancel today. Um, no Bible study uh, church this Wednesday. Uh, I know I realize we're going to be with family, praise God, and, and, and the time to share his love. Um, the adult Christmas party is in your worship guide. Please uh, look at that, and it's RSVP. Um, RSVP, because we, we need to know who's going to attend that. And then our family Christmas uh, party uh, is also in your worship guide, and Miss Trish will be in the foyer with tickets. Um, I really need you, if you can, uh, to uh, get tickets as soon as you can or express to Trish you're, you're going, even if you don't have the money today, because we need to start planning. It's just right around the corner, so I, we need to know who's, who's going to be here. And then um, that's also in your worship guide. Take a look at that. Um, you know, there's a summary of what I spoke about earlier when we first started this morning. There is three typos um, that are in that handout, okay? And the first person that points out all three specific typos uh, gets one free ticket to the Christmas party. Um, so you can hand that in. You know, you can email it to me, but the first person that emails me, texts me, or whatever, and, and it's not typos in a word. It could be in grammar. Well, that, I'm probably opening myself up for a lot there, but uh, but the first person that shoots me back and they got the three, boom, you get you get one free trick, ticket to the Christmas party. Um, well, before we leave uh, this morning also, we uh, have two young ladies in the back that are holding our, what we call our offering baskets. Um, and we're going to receive a, a benevolence offering this morning, uh, very appropriate. We talk about, you know, having a, a thankful heart, a giving heart. Um, so, you know, if you have some change or a dollar, and I don't want to make light of it, though, whatever you feel God would have you to give toward that, um, we really, you know, this is what we use for whatever benevolence we do as a church specifically. Um, and so if if you feel God putting on your heart to give toward that, um, then just as you leave, um, put it in the baskets. And the girls are awesome because they go like this. No, they don't. They won't. They won't do that. They won't. I'm just kidding. I shouldn't kid like that. God is good. You guys are awesome. I love seeing your smiling faces as you go. Praise the name of Jesus. We'll see you Sunday. God willing, have a great Thanksgiving.